This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Trump, Steve Bannon this week said that the hunted are be going to come, the hunters. The whole Fauci family is going to be welcomed to investigations and described having paybacks across the board. That again is a threat towards you and to your family. How do you respond to that and the people who continually push this case? Jonathan, there's no way of adequately responding to such an outlandish statement by someone. I mean, that is something that borders on being criminal because he's essentially inciting people to violence against me and my family. I mean, that is an absolute explicit threat. Um, I mean, there's nothing you could say about that, that how horrible and inappropriate that is. No, it's both uh, appropriate and it's not horrible. We're not inciting anybody to violence. We're telling you you're going to be investigated and held accountable for what you did uh, to your countrymen and what you did to this country. And we're going to do it. We're going to do it through the appropriate adjudication. I want to bring in uh, Tony Lyons of Skyhorse Press because I think Tony, you know, we've got a lot of investigations going on, a lot of support for investigations, but really a lot of the foundational elements of this have been done by. The great team over at Skyhorse, Tony Lyons. Uh, what, what's your initial response to something like uh, Tony Fauci? Because you can tell Fauci's going to lawyer up and uh, is really going to fight uh, any type of effort to hold him accountable. Well, so I think that the books that we've published, something like you know six really strong, incriminating books, show that Dr. Fauci orchestrated the single strongest assault on real science in modern history. You know, there's obviously, there's no science without debate, dissent. There's no science with a consensus that's built on destroying everyone who disagrees with you. So his assault on science, his assault on freedom of speech, his censorship, his use of propaganda. I mean, under Biden and Fauci, the U has, this country has seen the biggest assault on freedom of speech, I believe, in 200 years. The power that they've wielded, the censorship, the deplatforming, propaganda, cancel culture, these things would be the envy of any dictator in history. And I think Dr. Fauci has to be held accountable for what he's done so that we make sure that these things never happen again. Let's go. I want to just go through the the, the books and I want to start probably with the, the Robert F. I don't want to say the magnum opus, but the Robert F. Kennedy book, uh, uh, The Real Anthony Fauci, which we were very proud to to help get him back of. Our audience absolutely loved it. I think it sold a million and a half copies of some extraordinary number, particularly in today's publishing world. But why don't you walk us through through, through, through the six and uh, about what case do they make uh, for this guy called Tony Fauci? Sure. So, you know, these books make the case that he set up this system of financial entanglements where it was all about 
protecting corporate big pharmaceutical profits at the expense of human health. So these books show that he had no interest in protecting the American public, that he had only an interest in protecting the companies that he was essentially working for, and that these companies over the years developed so much power that they were controlling the agencies that were supposed to be regulating them. Okay, so uh, it, but talk about the details because this thing goes through the historical details in in an extraordinary. I mean, people just think it's COVID. Kennedy goes back to the very beginning of the story, and people are absolutely shocked by not just the AIDS situation, but other things that he's done uh, and has been essentially. And and people, Sharon is saying he never came and sued you guys. He never tried to shut the book down. He never tried to at least outwardly banned the book. We know he did a lot of stuff behind the scenes, but but besides just even the COVID, Fauci had a history that nobody knew because he was presented, when he stepped forward, he was presented as like America's doctor. Sure. I mean, for 50 years now, he's always been on the side of the most expensive patent-protected pharmaceuticals. He's never been concerned with the possible public health benefits of all kinds of therapeutics. So in the same way that he orchestrated attacks on anybody who disagreed with him all of these years, so he destroyed scientists' lives, he destroyed doctors, had them vilified, he did the same thing with drugs or therapeutics that were not patent protected, where there was no money to be made. So time after time after time, he opted for a drug or a vaccine that was the most dangerous, that was untested, solely because there was money to be made. So he's, he's turned public health into a business. And he's even said that. I mean, he says that The Godfather is his favorite book, and the favorite line in that book is, it's, it's just about business, it's not personal. And he's proven that time after time after time, starting with, with the AIDS crisis even before then, and all the way through. So we have the Robert uh, Kennedy book, and then you have uh, it bracketed. You have the one that's going to come out in, in, in a couple of months by Dr. Malone. Who Dr. Malone was actually in the system as one of the inventors of uh, mRNA. Uh, his is what lies my government told me. His is sure. actually a personal journey, but kind of sh it's kind of shattering because he had totally bought into the system. I mean, he as Robert Kennedy talks about his family and all their involvement in setting up public health, and they were very close to it in the players. You see his journey, but Malone had dedicated his entire life to be inside the system. And then you have the CCP COVID-19 and things start to shatter. Tell us about that. Well, he's such a great example of what Dr. Fauci's done time after time. So here you have, you know, an incredibly well-respected scientist and doctor who's done really high level research for decades and had been involved in government projects and programs and had done research that was at the very highest levels. So if somebody like that can have their whole career ruined because they disagree with Dr. Fauci, because they disagree with Fauci and the CDC and the NIH and their specific narrative, which, as I've said, was geared towards making money, not towards protecting the public. So Dr. Robert Malone you know, is a symbol 
of what's been happening. And, and he's perhaps the best symbol because he was at such a high level and then was subjected to this playbook, which was the same for, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of scientists and doctors. So that playbook was the destruction of science in this country. And, you know, if we can get rid of Fauci and what Fauci stands for, and to get rid of what he stands for, there have to be investigations so that the whole system that he created of captured agencies is dismantled. So the destruction of Fauci is really the rebirth of real science in America, science based on protecting people, not based on protecting big pharmaceutical power and profits. Then talk about Dr. Paul Alexander was actually there. He was actually brought into the to the Trump administration to actually work on this process. He's written this other book, which may whereas Kennedy's the magnum opus and, and Malone gives you this kind of first person account of, of, of how Fauci and the whole government reacted. Alexander actually gives you an inside account. And his may be of all three of them, the most disturbing of all, because he makes the case that they actively he and his co-author make the case they actually try to take down President Trump with this. Correct, uh, Tony? Right. So he was he was the number two person um, in the role of advising the president about COVID policy. And he said that he sat at the table with Dr. Fauci, with the heads of pharmaceutical companies, and that it was clear to them that they had no interest in protecting the public. They were doing what the big pharmaceutical company executives told them to do, that they had sort of weaponized the whole system, that the military was involved, that the intelligence agencies were involved, and that the pharmaceutical company heads were making the decisions, and that the decisions were geared in some sense towards taking down Trump, not about protecting public health. That, you know, when Dr. Alexander warned about things like the impact of COVID vaccines on young children and the impact of COVID itself. So Dr. Alexander said openly to these people at the highest levels of government and to Dr. Fauci that children were at so little risk that there was no logical argument to keep them out of schools, to keep them locked down. And when you see what's happened to children over the last you know, two and a half years, that that the children have suffered more than any other group. And it's, it's really diabolical what's happened. And Dr. Alexander was in the middle of it. He saw it firsthand. And he believed that to a great extent, it was about shutting down Donald Trump. And it was also about protecting pharmaceutical profits. And really, nowhere was it about protecting children or other groups uh, from public health problems. There, there's a there's a through line through all these different books, including the other titles, too, is that and it's reason it's not just looking, going back and looking at uh, Collins and Fauci and these individuals. It's the institutions. But it's particularly you don't have regulatory capture. You actually have big pharma has now merged into this and they're kind of a national biomedical security state. Uh, walk us through why you think they have to be held accountable and how are you going to use the material in this books? to support these investigations that are going to go forward. Already talked about having a press conference that kicks off some of this stuff. Comer was on uh, 
Real America's Voice last night with John Solomon had talked about kicking things off on the 14th to kind of lay out an overview of what would happen starting in 2023. Yeah, so I think that the reason that we absolutely need congressional investigations, even though Dr. Fauci has said that he's going to retire, um, and I believe that he's retiring because he doesn't want to be held accountable and because he knows that Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book, The Real Anthony Fauci, and the Wuhan cover-up that's coming up in January, that these books are so incredibly damning that they make the argument that he is a true criminal that needs to go to jail. And he believes that if he leaves, he can escape liability. And we need to have a Congress, and we need them to create these investigations and follow through with them so that he does pay the price for what he's done, and that we make sure that these entanglements, not only financial entanglements, but the power structure where the companies that are supposed to be regulated by government are actually making the decisions, they're calling the shots. So that whole system has to be dismantled once and for all so that Americans can look to their government to protect them and not to try to extract money from them and exert power over them and prevent them from engaging in free speech, in dialogue and debate. Tony, you've been enormously successful doing this, but you took huge risk. And I think that's why Skyhorse is just such a such an extraordinary publishing house and why you're and you're like one of these throwbacks to the 19th century. One of these people that will not back down in the uh, in, in talking truth to power. How do people follow you on social media and how do they go to Skyhorse to start checking out these books? Because this is, you know, we got a huge task on Tuesday. I've got uh, Kelly Ward next uh, from the uh, chairman of the GOP in, in Arizona, right? And then I've got Tina Deskowitz on the Monster Liberty about what's got to happen between now and Tuesday to win. But as I tell the audience, we're dual tracking this because so much going on. 2023 is going to be one of the most intense years in American history. And uh, part of that is because of your courage in publishing these books. Where, where do people go to find out more about the company, the books, and to follow you? Yeah, let me just say first that I think that, you know, people have asked me whether I'm afraid of the consequences of saying the things that I say and publishing the books that I publish. And as I've said before, and I really mean it, I'm much more afraid of living in a country where you can't speak where there's no dialogue, where there's no uh, possibility of dissent, where science has been destroyed, where public health is denied just for corporate profits, than I am about any consequences. So people can go to skyhorsepublishing.com. That's the best place to find out, you know, uh, to find all of our books. And, um, um, and, I'm, and I'm very grateful that you let me say these things here and that you've been so brave in in not backing down yourself. I got an easy job. We we have the platform and we just get uh, these uh, heroes and particularly different points of view. I mean, you came out at the time when these books, people mock and ridicule us. Oh, this is conspiracy theory. This is we're all wing nuts. And it turns out now, I don't think that's the case. You see them trying to the rats trying to run around and they're trying to they're trying to, you know, the Atlantic magazine comes out with this thing. Maybe we should just have an amnesty. There were so many tough decisions to make. No, 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 no. People, institutions are going to be held accountable because we've got to clean the institutions up, right? You got right. to get big pharma out of here. You got to clean these institutions up to be public health like they were. And the individuals have to be have to be held accountable. Just there can't be any other way. This is what this fight's all about. 
So Tony, yeah. you're a warrior. We're really proud to have you on. Thanks so much. Yeah. I mean, I really believe that investigations that really get to the bottom of what's happened are the only way that we can make sure, 100% sure, that these things never happen again in this country. Amen, brother. Tony Lyons, uh, founder and uh, head of the Skyhorse Publishing. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Before the investigations must come the victory, and then the victory is based upon patriots in these different states and congressional districts. Let's go to Kelly Ward. Yeah. Kelly, you've been somebody that people have thought as a conspiracy theorist, wingnut, uh, kook. Uh, yet we're sitting here on the on the on the eve of uh, of battle here in uh, in Arizona for who actually well, ends up representing the state through the Democratic process. Uh, and you guys have looks like I'm looking at the polling. Looks like Kelly Ward may not be such a wingnut, maybe not such a conspiracy theorist, but really tapped in to something that the voters in Arizona felt was important. Tell us about it, ma'am. Right. Well, tapped into we the people, Steve, just like you do. Uh, people have been sick and tired of not only the leftist, radical, communistic agenda of the Democrats, but the, the weak, spineless, losing Republican side. And, and I've said this to you many times. Nobody ever expected me to be a member of the RNC, especially not the RNC. And uh, we've been working hard to make sure that the Republican Party is something that people can be proud of, that they're proud to say I'm a Republican. I stand up for faith, family and freedom. I stand up for small government, low taxes, personal responsibility, following the Constitution. And we worked hard to recruit candidates who reflected those values, who put that America first principle and practice into action. And we have got in Arizona the best. I'm just going to put it out there. I know I'm biased, but we have got the best slate of candidate from U.S. Senate to governor to attorney general to secretary of state to treasurer to superintendent of public instruction to legislature all the way down to school board because we got rid of a lot of the fake Republicans, the rhino Republicans, the backstabbing Republicans who have exposed themselves again and again and again before August of 2022, and certainly after doing ads for Democrat after Democrat after Democrat, they have lost all credibility because anyone who claims to be a Republican and goes for these radical leftist policies that would mutilate and ma maim children, indoctrinate kids in our schools, destroy our border, destroy our economy is no Republican. Kelly, I, I got to tell you, earlier in the day after the morning show, we played because we do a lot of get her live streams now. And the Savage Angels of Grace Chung and uh, Jane Zirkel did a live stream. I was on for part of it, uh, probably three quarters of it. It was a roundtable at the border with uh, yep. with Carrie Lake and Abe Hamaday and Fincham and, and Masters. And you had Sheriff Lamb. And I was sitting there, given the, the quality of the discussion, how much yeah. people had mastered the facts, just the quality of the slate. You sit there kind of in awe, and I'm sitting there thinking, Kelly Ward had to do this, and the Republican establishment beat her up the entire way. They didn't want any of these people. And I'm just sitting there going, not only is it a great slate politically, they're on top of a complex situation like the border. And you can see with the audience there how impressed they were, how they've mastered the facts. They understand the details. They've gotten their hands dirty. They're ready. I mean, Carrie Lake's ready to go and her team's ready to go day one. Master's ready to go in the Senate and be a major player. How was it when you had the money interest, the real estate interest, the banking interest, all your betters were telling you and beating you up every day that this is just a bunch of kooks. These are just a bunch of wingnuts. 
This is a bunch of conspiracy theory that were going to get blown out uh, by the Democrats. Uh, tell me how you work through that. Well, they've been beating me up for over a decade, Steve. You know it. They they kick me. They punch me. They knock me down. And I come right back up. They have actually helped to create the strength that I have and that these people that I stand in front of to take the bullets and the arrows for um, have. Watching those four in particular, I call them the Fantastic Four, watching the Fantastic Four moving forward together on the same messaging, talking about solutions that they have as a group to make things better for the people of Arizona, not just Republicans, independents, Democrats, people who have immigrated here normally, the homeless population, for goodness sake, everyone has been simply spectacular. Um, I can remember one particular call whenever, right before Carrie Lake got the endorsement from President Trump from an outraged donor who said that Karen Robeson had 200 movers and shakers behind her and I had, I had to stop Trump from endorsing Carrie Lake. And I looked at her list. None of them were Republicans that I could tell. None of them had ever supported the Republican Party, certainly not since I had been the chairman. And he expected me to use my political capital to get a rhino installed into one of the highest, most important offices in the country. And I just said no. Now, you know, they haven't helped me with fundraising. They haven't helped me with messaging. They've, they've done everything possible to try to knock me down and knock the people that I support down. But we are relentless and we are right. And that's why we're winning. Kelly, we're on the eve of it. We've got a weekend. We understand because just the way that MAGA, th- MAGA has got very set, set ideas in Arizona. They're game day voters. I think 65 or 70 percent of the vote may already be early, but we need to have a massive game day turnout. And one of the things we're helping over the weekend to make sure there is a massive MAGA turnout, because if MAGA turns out yeah. on Tuesday, this is game, set, match. And I think these could be yeah. signature wins if we do it correctly. For our audience, what needs to happen? Kelly Ward, you're the, you're the head of the team. You're, you're, you're like the coach. What needs to happen over the weekend in Arizona to make sure we get a signature win on Tuesday? Well, one, if there is any chance that you are not going to be able to vote on Tuesday, go and vote today. Either vote early in person or drop off your early ballot if you got one. Uh, number two, if you go on election day and the poll is closed or it's opening late or there's not enough ballots or they run out of ink, whatever it is, you make the commitment that you are going to sit there, whether it's for one hour, five hours, 12 hours, 24 hours, whatever it takes to be able to cast your vote. You have got to make that commitment. On the other side, we are pressuring the county elections departments to expose how much, uh, how many resources they do have. How many ballots do they have on hand? How much ink do they have? How many printers do they have? What's their backup if the printer goes down? Um, We want that exposed now, not on election day. We want them to be prepared so that every legal vote can be cast and every voter can feel confident that that vote is going to be counted the right way. So the, the biggest thing, show up, take your friends, make sure that we have massive turnout and then be vigilant about what happens as the counting occurs. Uh, we are going to be ready on our side. We've got a cadre of attorneys who are ready, willing, and able to take on any kind of election, funny business, and shenanigans as it happens, not after, because what we learned in 2020 is if you wait until after, um, it's going to be too late and nobody's going to take it on. So we're going to be doing it during, and we're going to make sure that this election um, is is simply outstanding. It's going to be glorious whenever this slate of candidates in Arizona and America First candidates across the United States are elected and actually take office.
since it's such a bellwether, as I keep saying the other day when I gave this talk before uh, Carrie Lake and, uh, and uh, uh, spoke, um, is that it's a rendezvous with destiny. It started in Arizona and it will end on Tuesday the 8th in Arizona, at least this chapter yeah. of it, right? It will go on to, to, to bigger things after that. Given that Katie Hobbs, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm, let me take even the vested interests away. Let me just take the, 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 the conflicts of interest. Let's set that aside. I'm saying just pure incompetence. Do you feel comfortable that you're on top of and do you anticipate? I mean, Biden, and these guys are already gaslighting us. Say, well, you know, Arizona could be two or three days. You know, Kerry Lake didn't win the primary. What should people anticipate and what are you guys thinking through ahead of time to make sure that we're not till Saturday afternoon and we have not had Kerry Lake uh, a designated winner with 57 percent of the vote? Right. Well, one of the most important things is to get those ballots in either today uh, if you're going to do it early, do not drop off an early ballot on election day. If you have not submitted your early ballot before Tuesday, then you wait in line and you vote in person because those votes will be tabulated. Uh, those early ballots are the things that slow it down, that give Maricopa County and Stephen Richer and his little cronies the ability to say, well, the law allows us to have five business days to cure these ballots. Well, if there aren't that many ballots, there's not that much curing to do. Give us the results and let's move on with our life in a much better direction. Uh, Kelly, Stunny Borelli had brought he, on the show. He broke the other day this kind of amazing analysis they're doing. We got about a minute here. I'd like to hold you over for a couple of minutes on the other side. But uh, Gunny Borelli, he's made this his life's work now to get down to the, into the basics. How big a deal is that, do you think? I mean, I think it's extremely important. Um, you know, Sonny is my state senator, in case you didn't know. I live in his district. Um, we've been working on this since November 2020. Um, I wrote a whole book about it called Justified. Um, the signature verification process, especially in Maricopa County, is, just to put it blunt, bluntly, crap. It is crap. Uh, it, there is no identification with those signatures. We had a court case that actually is one of the few that actually maybe the only one in the country that had evidence. We, our experts said, uh, you know, 6% didn't match. The Democrats experts said 11% didn't match. Maricopa County said, we accept them all because our standards are so low that we'll just take anything. And uh, they proved that again and again. And the information Sonny has is showing that. Uh, Kelly Ward, a chairman of the Republican Party in state of Arizona, please stick with us. We're going to take a short commercial break. We'll return in the war room in just a moment. Friends, if you don't yet have the emergency food you're going to need, now is the time to get some. For a limited time, you can stock up and save a ton of money with this special offer from My Patriot Supply. They're knocking 250 bucks off their three-month emergency food kit. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now to get this great deal. My Patriot Supply is charging less so they can help families more. This is the lowest price since 2019. Think about that. The lowest price since 2019. But they can't do this all day long. Remember, the forces in the world are hell-bent on the destruction of the American way of life. You can only depend on yourself from now on. So get this food supply today. It stays fresh for up to 25 years. So it's ready the moment you and your family need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and you'll save $250 on each three-month emergency food kit you acquire. Your order ships fast and it ships free. 
Don't wait for grocery store shelves to be empty. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in the great state of Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and guess what? They're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Now go to PatriotMobile.com. That's one word. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call the following number, 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code Bannon. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement. Make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call 972 972- Patriot. Make an impact. Use your agency. Action, action, action. Years have proven that we need to be prepared. We constantly see government overreach, attacks on our communication, an energy grid, worldwide conflict, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. Having reliable communications is essential. Now, don't get caught without reliable communication. And I'm here to tell you, your fragile cell phone simply won't cut it. It will not cut it. That's why I've partnered with the Satellite Phone Store so you can stay prepared and assure your vital communication stays private. They're one of America's largest satellite telephone companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. Right now, they have a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Get a free Amerisat satellite phone, 150 monthly minutes, free United States domestic number, and free rollover minutes for only $99.95 plus tax per month with an annual agreement. Now go to SAT, that's SAT123.com, SAT123.com slash Bannon, and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That's SAT123.com slash Bannon. Do it today. Take action. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. There's no bigger battleground than the state of Arizona. Kelly Ward has done an amazing job of leadership. I, I don't want to bring this up, but quite frankly, you should be in the United States Senate. But I tell you what, we'll deal with that on another day because that, that is one of the biggest screw-ups of <laughs> President Trump would fully admit the screw-up there. Kelly Ward had this thing locked. Kelly, you know about big game day votes uh, because you blew John McCain out of the water on a game day vote yeah. uh, many yeah. years ago for the Senate. I want to go once again, where do people go? How do people follow you on social media? The next yeah. three or four days, are going to be three or four of the most important days in the history of Arizona. Yeah. Arizona was the last territory that was organized, the last of the lower 48 to become a yeah. state really in the 20th century. A lot of people don't know that. Um, right. It's got a tremendous heritage, a tremendous history, and tremendous people. 
But in all that history, the next four days may be four of the most important days in its history. How do people follow you? Where do yeah. they go if they got questions? And how do we get out a massive game day vote of MAGA? Yeah, well, I, I, they can come to my website for sure. KellyWard.com. Kelly with an I because I care about the people across all social media platforms. It's Kelly Ward, AZ. Kelly with an I. Uh, and uh, of course, follow the AZ GOP as well. We are a tough, different Republican Party that one like has never been seen, I think, in this United States. And I think we should be a model for Republican parties, state parties across this whole great state. Be fearless, uh, operate in faith, get great candidates. Um, don't accept crap from Republicans. Don't expect Democrat policies from Republicans. And when they give them to you, replace them. So at Kelly Ward AZ, KellyWard.com, we are coming for the left and for the weak Republicans because we have got to do everything in our power to put Arizona first and to save America. Thanks, Steve. I can say this unqualified, that of all the GOP uh, state chairmen in this country, and there are many great ones, Kelly Ward is by far the most grassroots and by far the most MAGA. So, Kelly Ward, uh, thank you. A tremendous job. Let's, let's run through the tape, man. Thanks, Steve. Mega MAGA. That's me. <laughs> Mega MAGA. Oh, God. At the home of Ultra MAGA here at the War Room. Okay. Speaking of, uh, okay, let, I tell you, we have a cold open. We had the monster over here, Tina Deskowitz today. I want to play the cold open for Tina and then I want to bring her in. Since I've been governor, probably the most significant flashpoint that we've seen, of course, in Florida, but even all over the country, uh, has been our emphasis on the rights of parents to help direct the education and upbringing of their kids. NBC News national political reporter Tyler Kincaid is here to help us make some sense of all of this. Tyler, it's good to see you. And let's start with like the money piece of it, right? Because it doesn't take 70 bajillion dollars to influence these local school board races. Talk about why national conservative groups are getting involved now and what this means. Right. This is the culmination of two years of work. And I mean, if you compare this to the numbers that Mark Murray just laid out, it kind of seems like this is this is nothing. But it doesn't take a lot of money to flip one of these school board races because so little is spent because most people, I would ask our viewers, how many of you know who your local school board members are? Most people don't, which is fine. We have a lot to keep track of in our lives, but that's kind of what the game is. It's a race to define, to frame the conversation. And if you don't have a preconceived notion about what your board is, what they're doing, how that, uh, what kind of job they've done, then it's a lot easier to get people interested in a new candidate and flip the seat. So that's what these groups are doing. And a lot of it is, you know, can be effective through just uh, pushing out on social media messaging, uh, messaging, email uh, messages, and just talking to neighbors. We've talked about the conservative piece of this, right? But you have some reporting that more liberal parents are joining in. They're pumping money into into candidates. It, they are not doing it on the same level as the conservatives are, though. The, a Democratic campaign strategist told you that comparison is even, quote, apples to apples. They told you it's like apples to apple seeds, right? Right. I mean, the sound you just played showed several big names in the Republican Party talking about this issue. And some of those folks like Governor Ron DeSantis are out there endorsing candidates, too. And when you talk to uh, Florida Democrats, you know, they'll point out that their chair has endorsed a number of school board candidates, but that doesn't have the same star power as someone like DeSantis. And, and then just to put some more numbers behind it, again, it's about drumming up uh, attention on these races. So Moms for Liberty, for example, they are just one group that has over 100,000 members nationwide. And they're all focused on school board seats. 
And so if you only need to flip uh, a few voters, I mean, a lot of times Democrats don't even cast ballots uh, or don't even vote on these down ballot races, even if they turn in a ballot for governor or congressman. So it's very easy. And what Republicans are counting on is that there will be a trickle up effect to mm -hmm. help their chances at these big ticket uh, races. Through the course of your reporting on this over the last several weeks, months, et cetera, has anything really surprised you? Have you found something that you went, oh, wow, like that really is not what I expected to see? Well, I think one of it is just beyond school boards, there's a lot of seats at these hyper-local levels that we don't even realize are elected. I mean, library boards, for example, and it's not every jurisdiction. School boards, a lot of them are going to be on the ballot next week when voters go out in uh, across the country. But also, there are elections uh more than half of the year for school boards. So for those, it's even easier to just get a few thousand people to turn out in a moderate-sized city, and you can flip the entire school board uh, without people even realizing that there was an election going on. Okay, uh, welcome. Hyperlocal, that's been our strategy from day one. I think it was April of 2021. I said, hey, I think the moms here are going to be the key that picks the lock with these schools. Moms for Liberty has just done such an incredible job. Tina Deskowitz, one of the co-founders and, and heads. Tina, I think one thing he did get wrong that I wanted to make sure everybody understands. These are some of the, it may not be a lot of money in them, but these are some of the most intense, in-your-face, highly personal. <laughs> I have followed all of them closely, and it is take no prisoners. I mean, people think that the you know the house and, and poor Carrie Lake and uh, Trudor Dixon and Donald Trump, hey, you ain't seen nothing yet. They come at you when you come in as a parents' rights person. It is uh, it's brutal, and that's why I so admire about these moms and some of the and the dads, obviously, but really driven by the moms that are saying, "Hey, this is for our kids. Uh, we have the rights here, uh, not the schools, not the teachers." And so, tell us about it. Tell us about the intensity, and tell us about this. Yeah, so Tiffany and I are both right now are in Virginia. We just drove over to Bedford County today. Uh, one of our endorsed candidates, Chris Daniels, actually a dad, uh, is was there campaigning with our chapter chair. Uh, they had a tent set up and we were discussing with them and they said by far of all the races going on, and there's even a congressional race in their community, the school board race is the most hotly contested. Uh, you know, they're just local candidates. It's a small town. I think the, the opponent of this gentleman, Chris Daniel, Daniels, has grown up in the area and has a lot of contacts and friends. And so these races get very personal and it's about their children. And so uh, unfortunately, sometimes they are very intense. No, as it should be. And, and, and there at the end, they try to say, you know, the, the, the liberal parents are going to be involved. Hey, nobody has a problem with that. That's what this is. It make even a better, a better debate. They did compare it apples to apple seeds because Moms for Liberty and some of these other groups, you guys have really come together. And you guys have grown uh, and your branches have grown so large. And uh, part of that, I think, is victory begets victory. You guys are highly organized. You really give great support. Uh, people understand when they get involved in this thing, it's going to be and very intense. But I just want to let everybody know, we have followed these intensely. I think you guys now have 275 endorsed candidates throughout the country. There's many more there. We try to put as many on as possible and do live streams of people. But these are intense races. These are, and people have to be, I mean, Daniels knows, they really know their stuff. I mean, they really get into what actually goes on in the school board, what the policies are, the budget, and particularly the content that's being taught. So it's extraordinary. And I recommend everybody, even if you don't have kids in school, 
you ought to start supporting this and maybe even think about running. Tina Desserts. Yeah, Steve, I'm going to push back a little bit on the apples to apple seeds. You know, they're comparing us. Yes, we've had great success. You know, we are in 42 states now, 100,000 members, you know, had, as uh, he said in the interview. Um, we have, uh, you know, like you said, 270 endorsed candidates around the country. But let's really look at what's going on. Teachers unions are in every single community and every single school district in the country, and they all have their candidates. You know, we are just two years old. We are not that old. Um, we're not in all 50 states. We're in 42 states, and we're not in all 3,000 counties yet. We absolutely. So, so you're saying when you compare it to the, you, you compare it to the parents, it may be apple to apple seeds, but the real opponent here is the teachers union why this is what i don't i think people miss why don't teachers unions support parents rights because they are against parents rights they are for teachers unions tiffany always says it's a jobs program they are for the rights of teachers which unfortunately nowadays uh, conflicts a lot when it comes to what's best for children and what families want. Teachers unions are no friends to family and children. Just look at their agenda from over the summer. You know this. They've, they put abortion rights uh, on their list of things they're worried about. International relations are on their list of things they're worried about. They're not worried about public education. But teachers unions for decades have been putting their members on school board. And conservative people and parents haven't paid attention. They just thought, teachers union, oh, that's my teacher. It's a nice person. Sure. Sure they should be on the school board. You don't need the same school serving on a school board that you do teaching five-year-olds in a classroom. School boards are to oversee the budget. School boards are to create policy. Uh, a, fi a teacher of five-year-olds may be a lovely woman, but she doesn't have the skills and the capacity to run a school district. And so all she's there to do um, when you elect uh, union candidates to school board is to do the bidding of the teacher's union, not what's best for children. It's time this changes. And that's why Moms for Liberty was created. Tina, we got, what, five days uh, before Tuesday. How can people follow this, first off? Where do they go to find out, like, the scale of this? And how do they support, uh, learn more about, but also support the candidates and also Moms for Liberty? Because I'll tell you, as I go around and, and you know, and do campaigning or meet people and, and support uh, causes, I, every time I go somewhere, I get asked by about the parents' rights movement, and I specifically get asked about Moms for Liberty. So how do how do where do people go and particularly to figure out what's going to happen between now and next Tuesday and how they can help? Yeah, always. You can go to momsforliberty.org. Follow us on social media. Uh, we'll be live tweeting, Facebook living uh, on our YouTube channel. I think even we're working on that now. Election day and election night as the, as polls are closing and our people are out at polls working. It's going to be a really exciting day for 270 of our candidates. Uh, you know, we don't fund. We are we are a nonprofit. We do not fund these candidates. And so, if you directly want to find the candidates, you need to uh, you need to reach out to your local chapter. And you can do that on momsforliberty.org. We have a Map. You just click on your chapter, you connect with them, and you ask them which candidates are you endorsing, and then you can find the candidates in your community if you want to support them, sign wave for them, do the things that you need to do to get them across the finish line. I want to make sure people can get uh, access to what you guys are doing on an ongoing basis. So that's going to be – is that going to be the Facebook page for Moms for Delivery? Is that the easiest place to go? Uh, yeah. I mean, for Election Day, right now, the best place to go is momsforliberty.org. Okay, perfect. Tina, thank you so much for for uh, for coming on and uh, and for the fight that you and Tiffany have been doing. It's very inspirational what you've stood up in just uh, a couple of years to really have an impact. I think probably maybe the most important impact coming out of this election is to take back the schools. So it's just it's incredible, and the parents' rights movement 
is I tell folks all the time when I meet with them, I say it's just at the top of the first inning. This thing's got a long, long way to go. Long way to go. Trust me. And it's not going to be you're not going to be welcome with open arms. We're in go it ahead. for the long game. Tough. We're moms. We're in it for our kids. So yeah, we're thrilled. We're honored to lead this organization. We love our families, our parents, our kids. But, but um, we also understand we are in it for a very long game, and um, we got a lot of work to do. Tina Deskovitz, thank you very much, Tina. Honor always to have you on here. Incredible group, just incredible. Uh, and those races, that's why you should, I want you to go and find out as much about these school board races as possible. They are tough. <laughs> With the ones that took place in the spring, the ones in Texas, the ones in Florida, of course, in other parts of the country too, but man, they are tough. And it takes a lot of uh, courage to go and do it. I want to get in uh, Joe Allen. Joe, you know, is our head of all things transhumanism. Uh, and I've actually pulled him off because he's got so much stuff he's working on because it's very important. Joe joins us from Pennsylvania. And Joe, we, we weren't trying to be funny or to be cute about this, but really the reason I asked you to come from out West to get back to the, to the East coast and to follow this is that it's very important. I mean, we don't call Fetterman the cyborg to either make fun of his condition or to make fun of his recovery. Uh, but it's really something we find quite disturbing. And, and it's been once it's disturbing about the, the thing itself, what actually it is, which is kind of a man machine merger, but it's also disturbing about how the media has kind of not just covered it up, but kind of run as a Praetorian guard uh, around this. And this gets to the issue of transhumanism and particularly what our, what our, uh, what our government's doing and what companies are doing since, you know, the executive order was signed a couple of months ago in the white house and they made it seem like, Oh, this is going to be the cure for cancer when no, it's really about a whole of government major push into transhumanism, which is totally unregulated right now. So give us an update. Where, where do we stand with Fetterman? Is he back campaigning? Uh, I know you've watched him personally in all the video. What, what is the latest on the cyborg in the race for the Senate in Pennsylvania? Well, Steve, he's pretty much uh, been absent from the, uh, the physical sort of appearances here in Philadelphia. I was at one of the rallies about five days ago. That was the last in-person rally that he held. Uh, I, I believe he was on The View today. So uh, I, maybe he's looking for sympathy votes there with the, uh, the, uh, the witch coven of The View. And also uh, yesterday uh, made big news that Oprah endorsed Fetterman. It was really just kind of a passing comment. Uh, she didn't have a whole lot to say about it other than if she lived in Pennsylvania, she would vote for Fetterman. But I, I think people made a lot of hay out of it because, of course, Dr. Oz got his start uh, on Oprah before spinning off into his own show. And so a lot of people thought that was a really significant thing, I guess, symbolically. But, but, but Joe, hang, so Joe, 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 hang, hang over a second. Yeah. Hang hang over a second. Oz has been everywhere. And look, Oz wasn't really the first choice of MAGA or this show or this audience, but he's the candidate. And he one thing he's doing, he is everywhere. He's doing multiple events a day. He's doing from town halls to the meet and greets, all of that. Are you telling me, I sent you there to follow Fetterman. You said, hey, he's not doing a lot. Is he just in his basement yep. hooking in electronically? Because what I've seen on video, and I'm just being blunt, it's not just the hesitation in speech. There is a major problem with the thought patterns of this individual. You can't say it any other way. This is not a speech problem. This is a brain problem. And I'm no brain surgeon, yeah. but I'm smart enough to be able to say that. Uh, Joe Allen, your assessment. You know, I actually interviewed a couple. They work in healthcare, And um, one uh, was very insightful about it. She was talking about 
the how obvious it was it was beyond a speech problem that he, he didn't just stumble over his words it's pretty clear that he has a, a difficult time formulating thoughts at all and then in his responses it's not just a matter of smushing words together as he would say a, a lot of it is just simply incoherent it, it seems to represent just scattered thoughts in general so a lot of voters on the left are actually really concerned about this. After the debate, um, Oz passed Fetterman by two points, according to an Emerson poll. I think that was published uh, two days ago. Uh, and I think that that really shows how uh, you know Democrats, hardcore Democrats, are really disturbed. That interview that we played uh, where we had the, the guy calling into NPR talking about he was he's a Democrat, working class Democrat, and he feels cheated that they ran Oz. Uh, instead of Lamb, I'm sorry, that they ran Fetterman instead of Lamb because Fetterman really isn't up for the job. He's he's simply not there. So that's pretty much a universal sentiment here in Pennsylvania. I've talked to people on the left. I've talked to uh, a lot more people on the right just because I've been to these Oz events uh, quite a bit more because they're the only events to go to. Uh, but I will say, you know, tomorrow I'll be in, in Pittsburgh. Um, Fetterman and Obama are running, uh, are going to hold kind of a dual rally at a location. They just uh, texted me just a few moments ago, actually. They held it secret. So I'll be there. Uh, and then right after that same day, there's a Trump rally in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. So I'll be there and I'll be writing it up. It should appear in the Federalist on Monday. So uh, there will be one more in-person appearance from the Oprah-endorsed cyborg John Fetterman, uh, and I will be there. So we'll see what happens. I personally am uh, quite optimistic that uh, the, the red wave will hit Pennsylvania. I think uh, all the voters here are too, uh, the Republican voters, but the one concern I hear a lot is that despite the likely high turnout of Republican voters, uh, people are really concerned about the possibility of voter fraud erasing those gains so we'll yeah. see what happens we've got what yeah. four or five days we have we'll to see we what have, happens but i'm actually yeah, pretty optimistic have, yeah uh i want you to give your social media how they get you but i gotta tell you i'm shocked that in going back we'd be on a friday evening early friday evening and they got the obama thing tomorrow and maybe one other i mean this is a dead heat horse race right maybe oz is up a couple but this is all about turnout and the guy clearly is not up to it or, or he's not doing th this would be the type of thing you'd be doing five events a day, six events a day all over the state. And he's just not. Right. What's your social media, Joe? We got to bounce. Uh, you can find me at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z at Gitter and Twitter. I'm actually going to repost and have right at the top of my page a few of the interviews I've done at these Oz rallies. Um, whatever you think about Oz, I, I will say there's a lot of energy and enthusiasm there. So hopefully that translates out into votes. So we'll see what happens. Thank you very much, Steve. V votes for Oz and votes for Doug Mastriano. Uh, Joe, thank you. You've got to be a pretty good on the ground uh, political correspondent. Uh, I guess we can teach a boy from Tennessee anything. Uh, OK, tomorrow morning. <laughs> We're going to be back. It's going to be on fire. Uh, we've got MTG. We're going to have a bunch of surprises tomorrow. So tomorrow's two hours, and then we're going to be up and get her throughout the day. President Trump has a big rally in Pennsylvania. This weekend is going to be lit. This is just the first day. So come back in the warm tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Bang. We guarantee you, uh, you'll be riveted to your seat. See you tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock in the war room.